ونستغفره <تصفيق> أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا نودي للصلاة من يوم الجمعة فاسعوا إلى ذكر الله وذر البيع ذلكم خير لكم إن كنتم تعلمون صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an was a man who was blessed with a lot of knowledge and in fact he was well known for his Islamic juristic decisions he was the very first man to introduce one extra Adhan on a Friday a lot of people might not even realize this as it is well accepted and has become something that's very common but on a Friday Yawmul Jumu'ah we have two azans for the Jumu'ah Salah this was again the works of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam for Jumu'ah it was just one azan as it usually is for every Salah but just to inform the people so that they can prepare for the Salah Adhan usually takes place 15 or 20 minutes before for Jumu'ah during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would sit on the pulpits and the Mu'addin would be in front of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam at times according to some narrations in front as in where the door of the masjid was and that is where the Mu'addin would give Azan this was also the same practice and same system during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an that only one Azan was said for Jumu'ah and the same also during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an that only one Azan was said for the Jumu'ah Salah during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan again the intelligence the wisdom the foresight that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala noticed that the Muslim community was growing rapidly 
the congregation was getting bigger and bigger the size of Madinatul Munawwara again the expansion was very different as in the time of Sayyidina Umar or even the time of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq a lot of people were now moving into Madinatul Munawwara Madinatul Munawwara became a very large city and Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala felt that there was a need for an extra azan to alert the Muslimin so that they could prepare for the Jumu'ah Salah in fact the word Yawmul Jumu'ah in the Arabic language means the day of congregation for the Muslimin the day of congregation for the Muslims one entire surat has been named as Suratul Jumu'ah and today I have read that one verse uh, from the second ruku of Suratul Jumu'ah in, in which very important masail have been explained with regards to the performance of Salatul Jumu'ah so Jumu'ah is a very special day ulama have mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this dunya in fact the entire creation in six days and the day in which all of the creation was completed was on Yawmul Jumu'ah and so the day of Jumu'ah was a day selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ummah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam it was not a choice that was given to the muslimin like the Christians they selected Yawmul Ahad Sunday and for the Jewish community they selected Yawmul Sabt a Saturday but Allah chose Yawmul Jumu'ah for the Muslimin a gift for the last Ummah the followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and again the information that we have from the Hadith the words of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a special day the first man Adam Alaihi Salatu Wasallam was created on a Friday Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a place in Jannah that day was also Yawmul Jumu'ah when Adam alayhi salatu was salam came down was sent to this dunya this earth in Hind that was also Yawmul Jumu'ah a very special day scholars have mentioned with the information they have from the hadith that also the day of Qiyamah we don't have the exact and the precise date when the last hour will take place but the day of reckoning the day of resurrection the day of Qiyamah will be also on Yawmul Jumu'ah and subhanallah one very unique and exclusivity for this day is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept one time in this day of Yawmul Jumu'ah in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala readily accepts the dua no matter who he is, be it a pious man or be it a fasiq, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala readily accepts the dua. So scholars have been very particular, especially on a Friday, that one must engage in dua. Never know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept your dua immediately. So it is a special day for the believers, Yawmul Jumu'ah. And therefore Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala and what he did 
to show the people the importance of Friday in Madinatul Munawwara being the capital of the entire Islamic empire he had issued a fatwa an Islamic edict from him that as from now the next Jumu'ah one extra Azan will be added to the Azan of Yawmul Jumu'ah and it was not objected by any of the companions senior Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were also there but it was accepted now again it would be very immature of a person to very lightly say that what Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an had done was his own decision and some might even say al-iyazu billah that it is a bid'ah an innovation we have to be very very careful my respected brothers when we speak with our own opinion with regards to the honor of such companions and especially Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an in fact what we should be saying is that the Adhan which was added during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan is actually the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And just to explain that, which is very important, some companions from uh, all that had the benefit of remaining in the company of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam were very special to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And these companions were known as the Khulafa'ir Rashidin. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had so much faith in them that he personally guaranteed of their taqwa. He stamped their integrity. He had stamped on their integrity and he knew for sure if ever power and authority was given to them they would never ever uh, make such rulings in Islam which could be classified as a bid'ah and eventually which would lead the ummah astray this was not possible with the Khulafai Rashidin and therefore Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said alaykum bisunnati adhere to my sunnah adhere to my sunnah whilst I am alive but after my death min ba'di when I depart from this dunya alaykum bisunnati wasunnatil khulafai rashidin min ba'di Follow the sunnah of my khulafa. Follow the sunnah of my khulafa. And therefore, in the Muslim world today, alhamdulillah, there should be no debate with regards to the 20 rakats of taraweeh that we perform because Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala united all of the ummah towards 20 rakats. And his decision is like the decision of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam because that power of authority was given to them from Rasulullah and that authority given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so there is this chain reaction do you understand my respected brothers and therefore Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an when he said that I deem fit that in this era for the Ummah, it is better to have one extra Adhan so people are well prepared and there is ample time for them to prepare and come to the Masjid. So this is not a bid'ah at all but rather a sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What he did 
is that Hazrat Uthman had a house in the area of Az-Zawra. Az-Zawra was a place where all the trading activities would take place in Madinatul Munawwara. So when Zawal would take place, Hazrat Uthman had appointed a Mu'azzin, and the Mu'azzin would stand in that location of Az-Zawra. Some have said this is where Hazrat Uthman's house was. And he would look at all the business people, and he would give Adhan saying, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar And so this first azan Is also mentioned in Surah Al-Jumu'ah The verses that I have just read Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu O people of Iman O believers Iza nudiya lis-salati Mi yawm al-Jumu'ah When the call of prayer is proclaimed For the day of Jumu'ah Fas'aw ila dhikrillah Hasten towards the remembrance of Allah. Ila dhikrillah can also be hastened towards the the salah of Jum'ah or Jum'ah salah. Wadharul bay'ah and immediately stop your business. Stop all your business activities. Zalikum khayrul lakum in kuntum ta'lamun. Again a very important ruling here. Uh, this is an important injunction. Fuqaha have mentioned that it is unlawful for the believers to trade the minute the Mu'addin says Allahu Akbar. They must stop immediately and close their shops or whatever they own. And even if there's a person there who they are busy uh, in, in some kind of a dealing, immediately they should stop and go to the masjid or prepare for the coming uh, towards the masjid or whatever they need to do in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said it is important for a person to do ghusl on a Friday Omar Farooq it is important to do ghusl on a Friday I'm sure you do that just to make sure that you're awake are you by? subhanallah it is important and some of the fuqaha have said that because of the hadith it is wajib because of the hadith it is wajib But according to us of course it is not wajib Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said Put on your best clothes It is not just a, a sacred day But a day of festivity for the Muslims Put on and apply the best itar Put on your surma Put on the best amama And adorn yourself beautifully Make it known to the community That it is our jumu'ah And we are now going to the Masjid. This is the hukam of Sharia. So even for the people who are trading, they could not trade. Business has to stop on a Friday. This is the hukam of the Sharia. In fact, this hukam, this order is so strict. Scholars have mentioned even if a person was engaged in teaching someone, he should stop and make way to the masjid. So this avan was done straight away after. Zawal at the time when Zuhr starts. Now we have two azans. The hukam, the injunction of the verse here where Allah is prohibiting a person from buying and selling is with the first azan, not the second azan where the Imam is sitting on the pulpit and the Mu'addin is in front. No, that is the first azan. Remember all of the laws were transferred in the time of the Khilafat of Uthman bin Affan with the first azan, not the Second Azan. So these Masails are very, very important for us uh, to understand. 
even some people do question which are the places in which Jumu'ah can be performed. According to Imam Shafi'i, to qualify for the performance of Jumu'ah in a place, in a locality, in a habitation, there must be to the minimum 40 people staying there. 40 people who are staying there. Arba'een rijalan. 40 people who are the resident of a community, only then they would qualify for Jumu'ah. According to Imam Malik rahmatullah alayhi, in that area you should have a marketplace where people can buy and sell. And also the houses must be adjacent to one another. According to Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah alayhi, it should be a big city, not in a village, in a big city where you would even have a Muslim judge. And that judge would have the responsibility to resolve the disputes uh, in the Muslim community. And also, excluding the Imam, you need three muqtadis. How many? Three. So if you have one Imam and two musallis, your Jummah is not valid. You need to have one Imam and how many at the back? To the minimum, three to qualify for Jumu'ah. And also another condition which is Izni'am. Permission for all to attend. You could not restrict someone. So for an example, in a university, you can't just have only students are allowed to come. And others are not allowed. So Izni'am is very important. Any Muslim of Sahih Aqeedah should be allowed to perform his Jumu'ah Salah in a place, in a venue where Jumu'ah is taking place. These are just some of the conditions mentioned in the books of Fiqh. The khutbah that takes place has to be in Arabic. It is makruhe tahrimi to read the khutbah in the English language. So it is makruhe tahrimi. The khutbah must be in Arabic. Of course, before the khutbah, an imam would either speak in the Urdu language or either in English as an explanation. But then uh, the khutbah, which is the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that should be in the Arabic language. Another important masla is that when the adhan is said by the muazzin, it is very important for those who hear the adhan to repeat the words of the muazzin. So when the muazzin says Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, we should even repeat the words Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. In the case of Jumu'ah, one should only repeat the words of the muazzin in the first adhan. In the first azan, not in the second azan. So when the muazzin is standing in front of the imam, imam is on the mimbar, and the muazzin says Allahu Akbar, one should not say Allahu Akbar in the second azan because of the strict rules of the khutbah that is about to start. So one can say Allahu Akbar and repeat the words silently in the heart, that is accepted, but not verbally very loud. Even uh, when the name of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is mentioned in the khutbah, in Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi, ya ayyuhalladina amnu sallu alayhi wasallimu taslima. I have heard some people who read Duru Sharif very loudly in Jumu'ah during the khutbah. That is wrong according to the fiqh. What one should do is to read the durood silently in the heart. There is no Jumu'ah for women and also for those who are traveling. It is better for a person not to travel on a Friday, but again there is no restriction. If need be and if he needs to travel on a Friday, that gunjaish permissibility 
is there. Again, a very important issue is we must also understand how many rakats there are in Jumu'ah. How many rakats there are in Jumu'ah. Some people, when they do wuzu, they don't even know how to do wuzu. And some people might not even know how many rakats there are in Jumu'ah. If you open the books of fiqh, it will tell you that there are 14 rakats. But just to explain, the first four rakats is sunnate muakkada. What is it? Sunnate muakkada. And remember, some people make this mistake and say that these are the sunan in Jumu'ah. These are the sunan of the Zuhr Salah, which is incorrect. It is not the sunan of Zuhr. On a Friday there is no Zuhr, but there is Jumu'ah. And the sunnah that you read is the sunnah for the Jumu'ah. So the four rakats is sunnate mu'akkada. Then the khutbah, uh, then the khutbah takes place. And after that the imam will read two rakats first. And then after that you have another four rakats. That is also sunnate mu'akkada. And then after four you have another two rakats. That is also sunnate mu'akkada. So to the minimum one should read four and then after the fars four and two. It is important for him to sit and also listen to the khutbah. And after that there is an optional prayer of two rakats. If he wants to read he can read. But if he has no time and if he wants to miss out his two rakats he can do so. But four sunnate mu'akkada and then four sunnate mu'akkada and then two sunnate mu'akkada all are the sunan of Yawmul Jumu'ah. These are just some of the important masail that I have explained here, my respected brothers, just to show that what an important decision made by Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan to uh, add an extra adhan, and alhamdulillah, which is accepted by all of the Muslim community today. In fact, None of the fuqaha have objected to the decision of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala In conjunction to Adhan, one very important masala A lot of people have asked me this question When they go to the cemetery to perform janazah salah And when the deceased has been buried You will find that there are some people who stand up next to the qabr and all of a sudden in the cemetery they call out the words of the adhan adhan is said Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar any, any of you have witnessed that? I have that you have? you have? Hassan? Rais? any of you? I have that Umar Farooq you must have definitely you have? yeah? Aapnebi? Khalid sahab? Aapnebi? and a few people do come and they ask Marana sahab what is this about the adhan in the Cemetery. Just to quickly explain to you, my respected brothers, usually you will find the so called Barelvi sect to give the Adhan when the deceased has been buried. And I very categorically mention the name of this group so that I'm not again making life difficult for people to understand who I am referring to. These are the Barelvi group of people who claim to be uh, Sunni Muslims and they call the rest of the people Tablighis, Dewandis or Wahhabis. So if you pray here you might be a Tablighi or a Wahhabi or a Dewandi. All the three are now the same anyway. But forget that, you will find that once the Imam has read the Janazah Salah, 
they will stand next to that person who has been buried and they will give the adhan. If you look at the reasons why they give adhan, it has been explained by their camp that when you give the adhan, the shaitan actually runs away. And so whenever you want to chase away the shaitan, what do you do? Give a azan. Siraj, you understand that? azan Chase away the shaitan. Now this is what they say. And what they say is that when a person passes away and he is laid in the qabr, munkar nakir come and they question him. That is a critical moment for that person. And there is a possibility, they say that the shaitan can come and distract him from the questions put forward. And so it is better for a person to now give adhan so that the shaitan is not there with him. Subhanallah Now my respected brothers and elders, this wisdom that all of a sudden after many centuries has been unfolded for one particular group of people, how come this wisdom did not open up for Sahabai Kiram Ajmain? Were they not aware of the fact that when you uh, give Azan, Shaitan actually runs away? But this was not practiced during the time of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In not a single hadith of Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawood, Tirmizi, Ibn Majah, the Mu'atta of Imam Malik, any of the famous books of hadith. It has, it, it has never been mentioned that Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een would give Adhan after the burial of a person. It was not common in the time of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was not performed also during the time of the Khulafai Rashidin, even the time of Tabi'een, the Tabi Tabi'een, even the Fuqaha, even during the time of Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Muhammad, Imam Abu Hanifa. It was never ever practiced. But this is the logic they present that we give avan because the shaitan actually runs away. Now the funny thing here is, my respected brothers, in Sharia, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has missed out avan from certain acts of ibadah also. So for an example, when it comes to salatul janaza, is there an avan in ikamat? No. Now, when you are actually reading Janaza Namaz, there is no Adhan and Ikamat. How can you read Adhan when, once the deceased has been buried? Do you understand what I'm saying? When there is no Adhan for Janaza Salah, and there is no Adhan and Ikamat for the Eidain, not for Eidul Fitr Salah, and not for the Eidul Adha Salah. There is no Adhan and no Ikamat. Adhan and Ikamat is again a unique feature of the obligations upon the Ummah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and especially for Yawmul Jumu'ah and that's why Hazrat Uthman had uh, added one extra Adhan so there is no Adhan now if you want to chase away the Shaitan in the Hadith many instances have been mentioned huh? in the Hadith at that time you will find that this sect does not give adhan. For an example, in the hadith it comes, when a man, when a husband, when a husband decides to engage in physical relationship with the wife, if he does not read the dua mentioned in the hadith, 
by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then in that act, the shaitan has also a share. The shaitan has also a share. So it is so important that a person reads this very small dua, Bismillahi Allahumma, Jannibna shaitan, Wajannibi shaitana, Marazaktana. I hope you know that dua. Bismillahi Allahumma, Jannibna shaitan, Wajannibi shaitana, Marazaktana. If you don't read this dua, Allah's Nabi has said, then the shaitan is with that man also. Now what we are saying, if a person is so concerned about chasing the shaitan, then why is it adhan is not given when a person decides to get close to the wife? Why is it only with the qabristan? Do you understand what I'm saying brothers? So if you want to chase away the adhan, there are so many instances mentioned in the hadith. So even when you are with your wife, you should also give the adhan. And even in the hadith it is mentioned, when you go to the toilet, the toilet is a comfort zone for the shaitan. This is where they all gather. This is where the majlis takes place. <laughs> this is the, the markers of the shaitan to say, this is where they all gather. Believe me. And when a person forgets to read this dua, Allahumma inni a'udhubika min al-khubusi wal-khabais, Allahu Akbar. That is the time the shaitan sits in front of that man and injects in him all whispers of evil. All whispers. And this man is actually infected with sins inside. With the urge of committing guna, sins. And so when he comes out, he's a different man. Why? He has forgotten to read the, the main dua. Allahumma in ya'udhubika min al-khubusi wal-khabais. So the ulama have mentioned, then why don't you read also the adhan before going to the toilet to chase off the shaitan? Why is it just in the qabristan? So it is really illogical for a person. In fact, it is a bid'ah to say the adhan when you are in the cemetery. And just to finish off very quickly, again something to do with azan. When the muazzin says, Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, you'll find some people who want to kiss the thumbs. What do they say? Now, alhamdulillah, we have great love for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We dearly love him. Subhanallah. It is part of our iman to love Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Who can disrespect Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in any way? But at the same time in Islam, maintaining the right balance is part of Iman also. The people who want to kiss their thumbs provide one, one narration which is in, the, which is in Musnad al-Firdaus li-Daylami. And they say that when the Mu'azzin was giving adhan, and when he uttered the words of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq kissed the inner section, the inner part of his index finger. And so he kissed this. Not the thumb, but just this. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that anyone who loves me like how Abu Bakr loves me, then I will intercede for him on the day of Qiyamah. And this is their proof that we should kiss the thumb. Now, you will find a lot of narrations in the books. A lot of narrations in the books. The scholars agree that this narration is a fabricated narration. What is it? It is mawzu'. What is it? Mawzu'. It is concocted. It is a fabricated hadith. And therefore a person cannot take this hadith 
and say that because of this hadith we want to do this. Otherwise it would have been the practice of many many companions, not just one sahabi. So Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq has never ever done this because it is a fabricated hadith. And another proof that they give, shockingly, is from the Gospel of Barnabas. Is from the Gospel of Barnabas. They say in the Gospel of Barnabas, Adam alayhi salam had the desire to see the nur of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so Allah said to him, look on your uh, on, on the on your thumb. Look at your thumb. And when he looked at the thumb, he could see the nur of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is in the Gospel of Barnabas. And Hazrat Adam alayhi salam then started to kiss the thumb. And therefore they said that because it is in the Gospel of Barnabas, it is fine for people to kiss their thumbs. Allahu Akbar. Now what can you say my respected brothers? This is all bid'at. What is it? All bid'at. If you really love Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, wake up for tahajjud. What should you do? Wake up for tahajjud. If you really love Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Subhanallah, you will dress up like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Fast on a Monday and Thursday. Fast. This is the sunnah. Fast on the 13, 14, and the 15. Fast and do and practice on the sunan which is difficult on your nafs. Then you love Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But again, all of these, what I have mentioned, has no basis, no foundation in the Sharia, and in fact it is all fabricated and so it is important for the believers to abstain and only follow the sunnah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim Allahumma inna nas'aluka min rizaka wal jannah wa na'udhu bika min gadabika wal nar Sami'na wa atwana wa gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir Birahmatika ya rahmarrahimin